Hey everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and co-host, Jose Angel. Today, Jose is going to guide us into another celebrity's unfortunate scandal. Who do we have? Yeah, today we're talking about actor Randy Quaid. He's the older brother of actor Dennis Quaid. Yeah, ew. Dennis being the more famous of the two. The the more famous, more rational of the two. (laughs) But Randy's resume is quite impressive as well. Randy has been in over 90 films. He is probably best known for the National Lampoon's Vacation films, where he Mm -hmm. played the character Cousin Eddie. Were you a fan of those movies? You know what's so funny? I'm not... I, I do like National... I like National Lampoon's Vacation and then Europe European Vacation. And Christmas is okay. So, you know, whatever he was involved is like one of my least favorites. <laughs> yeah, I think he had a spin-off one, but I think he was in all of them. Really? Yeah. I know he was in Christmas one for sure, and I think he was in Vegas. Oh yeah, see? Worst ones. <laughs> and I actually like those. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't really remember them, but I do get a feeling of nostalgia when I hear about them. Oh, the films, not him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. me me too. Especially, yeah, because that was a part of my childhood, definitely. Honestly, with a lot of the films that he is in, I just don't associate him with that film. Mm-hmm. But he's been in some popular movies. So okay. I know I say this in every episode, but this episode is going to be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> The scandal, if you can even call it that, is just so bizarre. It has most people assuming drugs or mental illness or maybe even a publicity stunt when it first happened. Okay. But it's just very bizarre. And if you believe Randy, it has something to do with a secret society. Okay. Randall Rudy Quaid was born in Houston, Texas on October 1st, 1950, making him a Libra. Shots fired (laughs) for them Libras out there. I know about one. I know. I was about to change it as soon as I saw that. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) He is the oldest son of Juanita Bonadell, a real estate agent, and William Quaid, an electrician. He's the oldest of four children, then his brother Dennis. And he has two other siblings who did not become actors, Buddy and Brandy. Shame on them. I didn't really see anything that stood out about his childhood, so we're just going to assume it was a normal one. In high school, he took a drama class, and not long after joining, he got that acting bug, and he knew he wanted to do it for the rest of his life. I also saw on walkerfame.com, Dennis had described their father as a frustrated actor. So maybe that is something he had passed on to his kids since it didn't work out for him. Randy would go on to study acting in the University of Houston once he graduated high school. And while there, one of his acting professors had him audition for the film, The Lost Picture Show. Peter Bogdanovich, the director, saw this and cast Randy in 1971 for the movie. And from here, it's just movie after movie. Like I said, over 90 movies, and I can't name them all, but I will name some. Name them. 1973, he was in the movie The Lost Detail, where he was nominated for an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. 1983, he was in National Lampoon's Vacation. 1984, A Streetcar Named Desire, which was a TV film, but he was nominated for an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor. He was on Saturday Night Live for 19 episodes. LBJ, the early years about Lyndon B. Johnson, he won Golden <laughs> Globe and was nominated for an Emmy. 1992, he was in Frankenstein. He played the monster. Frankenstein? Yeah, Frankenstein. Interesting. 
1996, he was in Independence Day. 2005, he was in Brokeback Mountain. Interesting. Also in 2005, he was in a movie called Elvis, and that got him in a bunch of nominations and a Satellite Award. A lot of these, he is the supporting actor. So I think that's why when people kind of know, people kind of know him, but not really. Yeah. He got a familiar looking face. Yeah. And he's in a lot of movies that people love, but he's not the main man. And also, you know, over 90 films, some of those are duds. It's just going to happen. For sure. Around this time, early 2000s, his movie roles seemed to be drying up a little. And I mean, he had a good 30 plus years in Hollywood. And Hollywood doesn't really lean towards older actors. Also, in the year 2000, Uncle Sam comes knocking for unpaid taxes Branding his wife, Evie, owed 412000 to the state of California and 207000 in tax liens, and they ain't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so they filed for bankruptcy and paid the state off five years later and settled with the IRS. Mm-mm-mm. Anyways, in 2006, after seeing the success of Brokeback Mountain, Randy is like, hold up, something ain't right. He says when he was negotiating to be in the movie... Focus feature, the movie company behind Brokeback Mountain, lowballed him and had him waive his usual seven-figure fee for a smaller paycheck because it was labeled like an art film. Yeah, or, it wouldn't make a lot of money or a lot of noise. Yeah, you know, it's going to be in a selective theaters. No one's really going to see it, but it's just a good film to be out there. You know, you never knew. I mean, it's, it was kind of true with Brokeback Mountain at first. Yeah. Who knew that they would love them gay cowboys so damn much? <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Um, I think maybe I've seen enough clips, but I'm not gonna honest. I mean, I'm not gonna honest. I'm not gonna uh, lie. You know, it's the other side that really intrigues me a lot more. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I didn't really need to see a, the gay cowboys, but I was rooting for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never seen it. I think there's a book, so I. I think I've always said, oh, I'll read the book first, but it's just something mm. I never got around to. I just kind of quit you. That I know that line, but I I guess that's, yeah, Two Cowboys in Love. I don't really know anything else about it. Mm-hmm, hiding their love, <laughs> going on to do the conventional thing, even though their love was so strong. And the movie is estimated to have cost $14 million to make, but it grossed more than $160 million worldwide. Ouch. And 82 million domestic. Mm. And won awards. And when it yeah. came out, it was the talk of the town. So Randy sues for 10 million that he feels he is owed. <laughs> okay. I have, to, <laughs> I have to see the movie now because I have to know what the fuck did Randy do? Who did he play? All, all I saw was he played a homophobic rancher. So I don't know how big he, of a part he it was. Played, he played his real self and was like, God <laughs> damn it, I was underpaid. Maybe. Mm-mm-mm. A few months later, he would go on to drop the lawsuit because he said Focus Features agreed to settle and give him a bonus, and he would split that bonus among the principal cast members. Nice thing, right? Yeah, but did that really happen? <laughs> and did they really give you a, that big a bonus that you were going to be splitting it? But okay. Well, this is what Focus Feature had to say through a spokesperson. <laughs> that and there, I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, the circumstances of him dropping the lawsuit are as mysterious as the circumstances under which he filed his claim. 
Dang. Focus features never negotiated, offered, or agreed to any settlement with Mr. Quaid or his attorneys. But we are happy to put this behind us and wish all the best. Come on, roast this man. <laughs> it just man seems... was trying to sue him and they said, oh, you wouldn't just get in the way Scott Free uh, dropping that. We about to talk some shit. Okay, but it just seems so bizarre to me. Like, I get maybe... Oh, let me get my money. That, whatever, if you want to do that. But then to make a false statement and drop the lawsuit, like, he could have easily dropped the lawsuit, not uttered a peep out of his mouth, and no one would have questioned it. Yeah, I think that's probably pride getting in his way. Yeah. Um, He has to say something. Uh, To me, it it sounds like... uh, he maybe he didn't want to say it out loud, but it sounds like money troubles. Poor, poor. Yeah, poor. Damn, I'm poor too. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I definitely think that he figured out, or his lawyer explained to him that, yeah, this battle is going to cost a lot more if we keep heading into it. So, your choice, Randy. Yeah, <laughs> ain't none free, Randy. And if I was part of that principal cast, I would be. Like, hey, Randy, where's the money? Like, you said you got a bonus and you just split it with us. Yeah, I'm going to split this imaginary bonus between the principal cast. If I'm Jake Gyllenhaal, like, so Randy, we ain't talked in a minute, but I didn't see a check in the mail. What's happening? In 2008, Randy was supposed to be in a play called Lone Star Love. To my understanding, it was being rehearsed in Seattle and then it would be moved to Broadway. The composer and musical director, Jack Herrick, said people in the industry had warned him about Randy and his wife, Evie's behavior, saying it was becoming erratic. But when Randy auditioned, he charmed them, and Jack didn't think there would be a problem. Jack says the problems first began when Evie became more involved. They were changing up his costume and, for some reason, dyed his hair red and gave him a very large cod piece the size and shape of a football. Cod pe- so like you know, the thing in the you know, it's kind of like a cup, but on the outside, yeah. it's dick. Yeah, so to make him seem like he has a huge dick. I didn't know what I was trying to say, but I just had to say dick. I, was- I, I felt like you're being proper with it. I'm like, oh, okay, we're being proper this episode. You big cock monster. <laughs> <laughs> Evie started writing threatening emails to people in production and sent some of them a naked picture of herself holding a gun. (laughs) And she also sent naked photos that were taken of her naked from the waist down, dressed as a cop, and the email said, quote, eat me. It said what? Eat me. Hold on, hold on. What were the indications that she was a cop since she was naked from the waist down? <laughs> did she have little Okay, so I did look at the lap? picture. I did look at the picture. She has heels on. She has like the top top on and I think a hat and sunglasses. Um, and then she's standing there with her bush out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I always knew Randy and Evie were bush supporters. <laughs> Interesting. Why? Here's my thing. (laughs) Why did they turn this whole threatening situation into a sexual situation? That is something that Evie does. I don't know why. 100% sure why. 
she wants as many eyes as possible on that thing. Yeah, maybe that's just how she shows her power, like pussy power, man. Like, I don't know. It's the only way Randy can fuck her. <laughs> she has to feel good about the photo she sent out that night. Maybe. So these emails were about Evie recording the rehearsals, which is a violation of the union rules. Mm. And Evie said she's not a member of them, so she shouldn't have to follow those but, rules. But mm-hmm. they wasn't having that. They weren't having that. The play had to end two weeks early, not because of his behavior. And it was more of the fact that Randy called in sick and just never returned. Well, that's funny. After all the things that was done, they were like, this still didn't even make us fire you. You still quit. Basically. Yeah. Again, these are allegations. Eat Randy. <laughs> you said Randy says he would never walk off from any show. And Randy was banned from the, the Actors' Equity Union for life and was fined 81572 which would be the amount to pay the cast since they had to close early. Mm-hmm. And here's a little more details. Randy allegedly hit an actor four times during a performance on the back of the head. And when he was told to stop, he smacked him again. Another actor was told if he looked Randy in the eye, he would be fired. He called an actress's musical instrument her gynecological instruments. Okay. And Randy and his wife, Evie, tried to rewrite the play and write characters off. Okay, Jesus Christ. Randy did not go to his hearing, but Evie did. And when she was told she was not allowed to record by a 74-year-old secretary, she kicked her in the shins, drawing blood. Eat me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, they are fucking unhinged. Yeah. So, according to Vanity Fair, someone in production of the play alleged the Quades constantly smoked in their dressing room. They saw cocaine being used and smoked marijuana. They also alleged that Evie sent an email saying they took too much Ambien one night and Evie wanted to jump out a window and Randy felt like a serial killer. Yes, Evie... that's what they, and they said Ambien? Uh-huh. All the same thing that made Roseanne send out that racist-ass tweet? Yeah. Yeah, Ambien really got the folks on edge. Every claims it was no big deal. She just had a doctor give her a sedative and it was over. Yes, because them uppers had your heart on E. <laughs> now, Evie and Randy claim while some of this is true, like the emails and arguing over the play, the truth of the matter was production was just trying to kill Randy for their insurance money. <sighs> At first, they were they thought they were trying to ruin the play. But when the play continued later on with other actors, they knew that it was the whole thing was to murder Randy. And not them replacing (laughs) actors like they usually do in plays. Yes. They said things were left on set so he would have an accident. And that is the only explanation to them. Again, people are talking drugs. People are talking mental illness here. Yes. And at this time, it's, it's not really making a huge splash in the news in 2009 they go to texas and they start trying to build a randy quaid museum but they didn't have proper permits so they weren't able to finish building because you know what when you build something like that add onto a building start doing stuff like that yeah you need permits yeah they didn't even think about the location because they really could have built that shit in a studio apartment yeah <laughs> that's how many people gonna be at that museum 
But then, Abby and Randy say they stopped receiving royalty and residual checks. So they're like, what is going on? Someone's messing with our money. They stopped or they started? They stopped in the mail. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, I didn't put y'all change the address in? <laughs> <laughs> they, they say, you know, something's happening. So Abby and Randy knew this can only mean one thing. Someone or a group were trying to kill them. Okay. Heath Ledger died in 2008. Chris Penn died in 2006. And they felt like Randy was next. Who's Chris Penn? Remind me. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Hold on. Now I got to look it up real quick. Because now you got Because that sounds familiar. But is it familiar? Yeah, I looked him up. But he didn't have anything more to do with the story. Oh, but now we got to look it up. <gasps> Chris Penn. Nice guy, Eddie. Okay. I like Chris Penn. He's in a, he's in a lot of shit. Yeah, he is. Okay. Well, okay, Chris Penn. I, I, I'm glad I know this man's name now. Okay. So they hired a private investigator named Becky with a good hair alt-dreamer. Becky at first said maybe there was something there she could look into. Okay. At this point, according to Becky, Evie and Randy had no place to go, so they stayed with Becky for three days. Becky also claims Randy and Ev. Evie had had their cars repossessed. And they was trying to build a museum before this. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're loose. They have no place to go. They don't have any cars. And... Illusions of grandeur. Yeah. I can't Evie say that right. <laughs> the way I wanted to. Illusions <laughs> of grandeur. grandeur. I can't say it. Shit. Evie believed it was the Actors' Equity and the Screen Actors Guild behind these quote-unquote murders. Damn. But Becky was not finding e any evidence to that. And honestly, anytime a celebrity dies, besides like Betty White, who made it to 99, there's going to be like a conspiracy theory there. Well, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, most of the time. Like, even if they're not huge conspiracy theories, if it wasn't already foul play, there's going to be a conspiracy theory. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. <laughs> Becky tried to tell Evie no one is trying to murder them, and Evie just tells her she is wrong. After three days on June 27, 2009, Becky is like, y'all gotta go. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. But then they but became she, squatters. No, she lets them rent her, parent, her partner's mom's mobile home. Mm. And they stay there for three weeks, and Becky says, Evie's sanity is just declining. Becky claims that Evie would let their dog piss all over the house and got scared because a mob came with shovels and chainsaws. And Becky was just like, it's the gardeners. <clears throat> Becky also claims she saw Evie snort <clears throat> a whole pill. Evie claims it was just a Demerol for migraines, and that's how she took them. I don't care. Okay, so this is maybe an unpopular opinion, or maybe it's not even an opinion. If you got to snort pills, I don't care if it is a Tylenol. You got a fucking problem. <laughs> I don't trust anybody who has to snort a pill. I don't care what the pill is. I think if I see you snorting a pill, I know that your issues are running a little bit deeper than my issues right now. Yeah, Evie would go on to say, like, she did that because it reacted faster and it went yeah the, all the coke excuses uh -huh. all the druggy excuses i've heard and and maybe even had you no no because i'm not a, i could never put nothing in my nose i am 
too scared. <laughs> just my nose is stuck in hell. No, but yeah, I always thought it was just because at first, I'm not going to lie to you. There was an incident in which I had maybe witnessed a few kids my age <laughs> in seventh grade snort some pills. And when they subsequently got snitched on and got in trouble, I was like, man, what gives? They were just, it wasn't even, it wasn't even hard pills. They were just snorting some pills in Spanish class. It was <laughs> no big deal. But yeah, uh, obviously I matured and grew, grew up and was like, yeah, what the fuck were those motherfuckers doing? We were in Spanish class. Have some class. That is so bizarre. <clears throat> yeah, so just take your pills or, you know, or don't, but prepare to be judged. But yeah, yeah. It says, with all things considered, this is the the least um, egregious thing she's done. She, it, it definitely sounds like her mental health is declining and she's just not in her right mind if she hasn't been or has she been in her right mind for years i i don't know i don't know it's it's the whole not really taking care of yourself or uh your house or your health because it's like they keep talking about people trying to hurt them people watching them people doing stuff to them but they can't take care of themselves. They don't have homes. They don't have cars. When it comes to what pet they do have, they're not properly properly taking care of that pet. So it just seems like a, a declining mental health situation. Yeah, and we're yeah we're doing a little bit more into it. Okay. So they would deny any and all of Becky's allegations. Randy would later say he doesn't understand why people would believe Becky and not them. And hmm. Abby would say that Becky was unstable. <laughs> Becky would I later... am rubber and you are glue. <laughs> yeah. Anything <laughs> 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 you say about me, it sticks to you. Becky would later go on to sue for more than $15,000 for non-payment, but that has now been settled. Has it been settled or focus settled? <laughs> September 24th, 2009, Randy and Evie skip out on paying a hotel bill. While they were staying there, they were told their credit card had been declined, but they kept charging things to the room. Okay. I throw out at this point, he's just surviving off his name. Has to be. Yeah, or... Well, they, I, it, it seems like they've just been giving people dead credit cards with their name on it and surviving until them bitches charge them and then they're just squatting until they want to, like, skip out on the bill because they know that they can't charge a dead card. Yeah, so they rack up a little more than $10,000 and then leave. So once they leave, a warrant is issued for their arrest for defrauding an innkeeper and burglary and conspiracy because it's believed they never intended to pay. Never. <laughs> so same day after news breaks about the warrants, Evie and Randy are arrested. Evie is said to have verbally and physically assaulted the officers and resisted arrest. Eat me! <laughs> <laughs> I feel maybe she was saying that. You know she was. I got one of those fucking uniforms myself. Eat me, bitch! <laughs> she would later say this was because the dog was in the car, so you know she was freaking out about the dog. They are able to post bail that was set at $20,000. 
After they were released, they paid a hotel claiming they thought they could pay after they left. And the bills <laughs> just must have got lost in the mail. Okay, what the fuck ever? Because we, where are those hotels at? The fucking pay afters. <laughs> I have been hitting up the wrong hotels. I have not been going to the pay after ones. And I don't know where the residents at this time was, or even if they had one. They was in a truck and living in it. Trust me. <laughs> they send a copy of a cashier check to TMZ to clear their names, like the check that they paid. <laughs> okay. Because that's how you prove your innocence. You send it to TMZ and not the people you owe. Or they send it to them too, I guess. I know. They were like, oh, this is b- bad publicity. But you ain't never tried to clear your name before with some real hardcore proof. Now you want to start clearing shit up after you have to pay? Because you got arrested? On October 19, 2009, they are set to appear to court. But they are no-shows. And their lawyer had quit three days before the trial. Mm-hmm. October 31st, 2009, Evie sends a naked email to Seattle's newspaper editor. I'm not quite sure the context. It was reported on Radar Online, and I'm guessing they were just writing about them. And I saw a Joy Behar back when she had her show on HLN. She was talking about it. But the email read, quote, here is my German stuff. Again, not 100% sure what the context is, but that's just a little part of the story. Is the editor Jewish or something? I don't know. <laughs> he is my German stuff. <laughs> he eats me. <laughs> I know when they were doing that play, they were calling them commies and Nazis, so I don't know if that has <sighs> anything. My gosh. It's not funny because these people probably need help, but yeah. this woman's propensity to just send her naked ass body <laughs> as a threat is killing me. It's like it's a power move like, though. This vagina is truly a weapon, bitch, and you just ain't ready for it. So November second, two thousand nine. It is now the fourth time Brandy and Evie have not shown up in court. December fifteenth, two thousand nine. After missing court for the fifth time, the judge finally issues an award and. Arrest warrant. Oh, judge. Well, I'm glad you joined us. It's crazy <laughs> Seth- how some people get this type of judge and other people get the fucking judge that says, oh, Jesus, you fucking littered? 30 days in jail, yeah. bitch. <laughs> this motherfucker, they, they missed court five times on conspiracy to defraud the hotel and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, uh, five times, I guess I'll finally get these motherfuckers in here. Uh-huh. And an arrest warrant is issued, and the bell is set at $40,000 each. December 19th, they are arrested. December 22nd, 2009, they finally show up in court. Evie has a valid credit card taped to her forehead and is holding one of Randy's awards for one of his movies. I think the meaning behind this was like, oh, we have money, and he's an award winner, so why would we do this type of thing? Well... Famous people ain't never needed to not be famous to commit crimes. I mean, they were they just wanted to commit a crime. Yeah. Mm. I don't think they have money, honestly. Oh, they definitely don't. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely don't. Especially if you ver if they it was if it was verified that it was a valid credit card. No uh-huh. offense. I know people who have credit their credit score is in the fucking dirt. 
and best believe everybody is still sending them offers on opening a credit card with them. I'm honestly like thinking, where are they getting all this money for bail money? That's like what they're wasting their money on. Bail bondsmen. I um, guess so. You could have they could have like a um, like a deposit of people who really love and support them as fans who are giving them money. They could have family that we just really don't know. Maybe Dan. Who is Dennis? I called him Danny Quaid. Maybe Dennis Quaid don't really fuck with Randy Quaid publicly, but. He'll slide him some bail money. He ain't Maybe. gonna slide they him no are, living money, but he'll slide him some bail money. They are estranged, so I don't know. April 26th, they make it to court, and they're wearing pink furry handcuffs this time. Kinky. Randy's charges are dropped, and Evie, or Evie, sorry, and Evie is placed on probation with 240 hours of community service. Like I said... Now let me walk. Let me <laughs> let me book a Motel Six and walk out of that bitch without paying. First of all, that will never happen. Motel Six gets their money up front. <laughs> <laughs> but let me walk out, bitch. I get the SWAT team. Give us your sixty dollars. Give us your sixty dollars. <laughs> How did Randy's get his even dropped? Man, I need the power. Yeah. I, I feel like the only reason Evie's was not dropped was because the whole naked photo. Oh no, no that was something different. <laughs> yeah, that was something different. I think Shit. hers was more the she got into it with the police resisting arrest and all that. Oh yeah, you're right. She, yeah, they were like, well, okay. Hey guys, hey guys, we want to get y'all scot free, but Evie, you acted a goddamn fool when we tried to arrest you. So. You're just going to do some community service at our local Target, but Randy, you're going to walk out of here free and clear. Okay, guys? <laughs> okay. In August of 2009, Randy sues his financial advisor and bank, saying they tossed him $10 million in real estate loans Damn, that he, he did not need. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they stole some of his paychecks, including the 600000 he was paid for both back mountain. Okay. I can't say his financial advisor or bank were leading him wrong. But I do know that both Back Mountain was right at the end of his whole tax paying back. So maybe he's just spending money and they're trying to fix it. Like he's obviously there's obviously something not right. Yeah. He yeah. also claims a home was supposed to be have been sold in the late eighties and was never sold and he's still the owner. And it's it his lawsuit really doesn't make sense. Lloyd Braun, Randy's former lawyer, says he told Randy about Evie's spending several times and claims many people say that Evie was the downfall of Randy. And they had been married for a very long time. They're still married, but I I don't know. I It, it does seem like they spend very extravagantly. Yeah, with the lofty ideas that they hold, I mean, I could see maybe them spending over what they have. Um, as well as them having to settle with the IRS eventually after not paying them for years. Yeah. It just seems like, okay, I, I definitely lawsuits happen afterwards because, you know, it takes time to build a case and get your stuff together. But in this case, as I think it's just like a pattern, like Randy goes after people when he's low on cash, uh, he goes after, I guess, people or production companies or whoever who uh, could give him more money when he's low on cash. And it seems like 
if this whole um, financial advisor fucking up your money and your paycheck stuff was true, I would have thought the best time to really expose them and get at them for negligence would have been when you weren't paying the IRS. But I have a feeling that that was more Randy's fault than that was any financial advisor. Yeah, because that's why he had to pay. He had responsibility for it. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still going to be Randy calling the shots of what happens with money. Yeah, and if these people can provide receipts on if they were even working with Randy or if they did what they could, I mean, then he's just in the hole. They're just in the hole together by themselves, which I think they, they did it to themselves because it just doesn't sound right that this man's been working since, what, the seven, the late 70s or 80s? Early 70s. Okay, okay early 70s. And is only having a problem now in the winding down of his career. But yeah, when they, he was making money consistently, there wasn't really an issue with him keeping afloat. I feel like they kind of got to used to that celebrity lifestyle, and then the money wasn't really coming in towards the end. Things they started. Thought, mm-hmm. They thought Brokeback Mountain was going to revive his career, and it kind of did it. <laughs> Yeah, September 19, 2010, Randy and Evie go back to a home they used to own, but they claim they still own. Oh, jeez. And they were squatting there. They took out the furniture and put it outside, hung up pictures of themselves, and carved Randy's initials on the mailbox. The owner of the house says it was not her primary residence, but the Quaid's caused 30000 in damages. They are arrested for felony vandalism and entering a non-commercial residence without permission. And Abby is also charged with resisting arrest. And they post a $50,000 bail and are set free. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If if old girl gonna do one thing, she gonna send you a naked photo and resist arrest. That is true. (laughs) October 18th, they miss a court date. Surprise, surprise. And they end up trying to go to Canada seeking asylum. But... <laughs> We're on the fucking run <laughs> for not payment of bills. Well, they say for... they Randy actually holds a press conference. And says people are killing him. And this is him. where he announces that a group called the Star Whackers are killing celebrities. And not just Heath Ledger. At this time, more celebrities have died. David mm-hmm. Carradine from the Kill Bill movies, Michael okay. Jackson, Brittany Murphy, and he's saying they were all killed by the Star Whackers because these celebrities are worth more dead than alive. Brandy's saying he would be worth more dead than alive. And Abby's doing along with it too. I kind of think it's more Abby going with it, but you know, he's doing the first press conference. Mm-hmm. And he actually tears up during it, like saying he's seen his friends die. They're setting people up. What's that one? Uh, what's that one thing? I don't think it's called delusion, but there's that one little thing that they say that you could believe something with your whole heart that is true, but it's completely made up. And then somebody else pulls you into that belief system. And then you start to think that is true, even though it's completely made up and fabricated. Are you what? talking about folio do? I don't know, but whatever that is, it seems like if if they are truly, truly um, believing all this stuff, that it sounds like that that's the that's one of the things that they might be delving into that whole um, them totally believing something, even though it 
all signs point to it not being true, but they are just pulled into this whole different delusion. Okay, that is my the theory. whole bit. The David Carrad, especially the David <coughs> Carradine one. We, I mean, not to be insensitive, but you know, Star Whackers. Oh my goodness! Slightly accurate, but that is not exactly what happened. Yeah, um, I think it was Folio Do, which is Madness of Two. Yes, is okay. Yes, then yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, where it's usually okay. It could either be one dominant person believes something, and they make the other person who's more submissive believe it too, mm-hmm. or it's two people share the same delusions, same hallucinations, same paranoia about stuff. And it's it really fascinates me. There's some notable cases out there, not celebrities, but that it happens to them and they, with their like whole heart and mind, believe it is true. And yes. I kind of think that is what is happening here. I, I don't think it's a publicity stunt. I don't know if it was really to get away from the warrants it was more to me that they believed it. And I don't know if it's mental illness, if it's drugs, if it's both. And it kind of seems when I see like how Evie talks and how he talks in the interviews they gave and reading interviews that she believes it more and he goes along with it. Well, I've not seen a lot of, like I've seen what she looks like maybe a while ago, but I don't think I've ever seen how she sounds or what she looks like when she's talking or something, anything like that. So completely possible. But yeah, I think this along with a a lot of other issues, but I definitely think that um, mental illness is one of those, one of those things. Yeah. They are definitely dealing with together. And I think both of their, like them being with each other, dealing with these things are just, um, exacerbating like everything's just happening a lot worse or faster all that stuff yeah so they go on all these interviews and it's a it's a it makes a little of a buzz i remember hearing it when it first came out Mm -hmm. and people are just you know writing them off saying they're crazy because there really is nothing that proves this people have looked into it a little and they're saying nothing like there's no proof of this Maybe, you know, we've covered Brittany Murphy's death and yes, there's suspicions of all these celebrities that we've mentioned, but there's no solid evidence that there's a group that's going to, that's killing them and it's going to come for Randy Quaid next. Yeah, not a, not a, not a group. People have self-serving interests, but I don't think there's a group killing Hollywood, Hollywood's elite or Hollywood's actors, actresses yeah, and, and actors. He did say in one of them, I forget which one, that they don't just kill people, they also, like, try to control them or make them seem unbelievable. So now when he's not, you know, being believed, mm-hmm. he's like, well, that's what they're doing. And he mentioned Lindsay Lohan, he mentioned Britney Spears, he mentioned Mel Gibson, and he said that's what they're trying to do to them, is, like, ruin their reputations. And I mean, we know how Britney Spears' story happened, but that seemed to be something in-house. I would think all three of those stories are in totally different lanes. And they, they really are. <laughs> you got Mel Gibson, who is 100% trash bucket juice and responsible for all his actions. You have 
on the complete other side, Britney Spears, who has done some bad things, but completely controlled by her her family, as well as egged on and instigated uh, by the paparazzi. And then in the middle, you have Lindsay Lohan, who has been uh, a child actor tormented by the things that went on in her childhood, her career, as well as delving into some more bad decisions that she made herself. So yeah, those things don't all add up, Randy, but I definitely think that um, those are things that are just going on in his mind. Yeah, and when you get in that state, you just start connecting things that make no sense. I mean, you see in almost all conspiracy theories. This is crazy. I did not know that this is how this story was going to go. <laughs> yeah, it is it, it, a lot more bizarre the more I looked into it. <clears throat> I was getting frustrated doing the Because I thought we were it. just going to talk about like him being like homophobic or whatever. I didn't know we were going to talk about him and his like... Yeah, I mean, it seems he is, like his issues going on with his um, mental and emotional state. And he his is a shitty person, but I mean, there's shitty people in Hollywood. Like John Voight still works, and uh, and don't he? Oh, yeah. Yes. So like, I I don't even get to touch on that stuff because there's all this bizarreness to it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So in the Vanity Fair article, which. I found very entertaining. It's kind of long. It's called The Quaid Conspiracy. It was by Nancy Joe Sales and Sam Jones. Um, it's where I got all of the information from. But they, in the, in the interview that they did, it says that the Quaids are living in their car. And they say they're not living it full time just when they're too afraid to leave their stuff. And they're not using cell phones because they thought they were being tracked or listened into. Mm -hmm. And the story dies down. No one really believes them. Abby was granted citizenship because of her parentage. But Randy was denied citizenship in Canada. He tries to go through the process of appeals. And that started in 2010. And until 2015, you know, he's using all these things so he doesn't get deported. And in 2015... He's going to get deported, but a week before his deportation date, he is arrested entering Vermont. For what? The whole warrant that he had from being in that woman's house. Oh, they never... Oh, yeah, they didn't show up for court. Yeah, they fleed to Canada. They fleed, <laughs> fle Oh, my God. You know, okay, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, did he get arrested for the Canada thing, even though he was leaving Canada? That's fucked up, but it's still <laughs> fucked up because... You, you fled to Canada, so you wouldn't get in trouble just to uh, flee back to the U.S. and still get caught. So they are released by a judge saying she could not, could not find probable cause of vandalism. And there was discrepancies in dates in the paperwork. So it seems they were released for a technicality. Oh, my God, bro. Technicality. <laughs> <laughs> They also have other unpaid charges, 17000 in Beverly Hills, 500 at another hotel, 55243 in San Francisco. It does seem like they have warrants in California, but when they went on, their, on vacation to California, they were not arrested. Randy talked about running for governor of California, but nothing really came of that. And now he mostly just does weird videos supporting Trump. He's yep. a huge Trumper. 
Um, him and his wife have both defended the January 6th insurrectionists, calling them heroes or saying it was fake or it was a setup. And Evie's not so much on Twitter. He is. He makes these weird videos. He just tweets stuff that is going to piss people like me and you off. <laughs> yeah. I'll be trying not to get pissed off <laughs> on social media, but it's so easy these days. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> They, they still talk about the Star Whackers here and there, but it mostly seems like he gave up one conspiracy theory of the Star Whackers, and now they're all about, you know, the election was stolen and this new conspiracy theory. Yeah. So I feel like you could just be pulled into this whole thing of, is it real? Are they are they playing? Are they for real? Does it matter? Um, And so on and so forth. Because it is like, well, you dropped this thing so fast to pick up this other thing. Was it all an act, or do you truly just switch up like that? Um, as well as, like, well, does it even matter? Because you guys act like assholes on the internet and in person. So, I, and then it's like, uh, how they still deserve to be criticized no matter what they're dealing with because it just seems like they're still falling into that behavior. Um, and not really changing as well as just hammering down on some out of like just out there um theories like i don't know so do you believe in the star whackers like is there a, a group of people like <laughs> yeah. killing celebrities and they're coming from randy craig yes and no really ain't nobody coming from randy craig um do I believe that there are people out there who have a vested interest in stars and who hide things and bo both hide things as well as um, what's that plant things for other celebrities and stars? Absolutely. I think if Scandal was based off of a real life fixer and we know some of the things that happened on Scandal and we know some of the things that have happened in this real world, I definitely think that that could exist. But I don't think there's a group killing stars. Yeah. Um, and that they're called the Star Whackers. Um, and that they would be that obvious. November 30th, 2021. So a few months ago, almost a year ago. Evie Quaid tweeted, Robin Williams, Heath Ledger, James Gandolfini, David Carradine died. And when they died, and that's in quotation marks, DVD sales and clip licensings of Goodwill Hunting, Brothers Grimm, Killing Them Softly, Kill Bill, lined the pockets of Harvey Weinstein, a man who has admitted to having people killed. First of all, did it, huh? did Harvey Weinstein admit to having people killed? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, just, I definitely I, don't think so. I just um, think like... Secondly, I mean, the Weinstein Company was a big-ass company. The Weinstein Brothers produced in a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. And yes, those stars died. And yes, those stars had pro pro movies and things with the, uh, the Weinstein Company. But I definitely could find a whole different crop of stars and a whole different types of movies and a whole different person to blame some of those things on. It, it, all all you got to do is find the right people to fit the narrative. That is true. And I, it, I just think, I don't believe it, but I think that if people you know there's people out there who think that there's demonic messages and movies and 
video. So they're a hundred percent going to believe a conspiracy theory like this. Yes. And that's why if one thing's true, why wouldn't the other one be true? Yeah. And I don't know. I I just get hung up on did they believe it themselves? It, I to me it seems like they did. That's the thing. I was okay, when you were first telling the story, I was like, okay, it does sound like as much as I was laughing that they do have issues and it seems like they are suffering from like delusions. But then with them being able to drop, well, okay, they still talk about occasionally, but to kind of drop the Star Whackers idea to fully push this whole now we're all, now we're, um, very, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they dropped it because I mean, they lived in Canada for five years. Like it's like just time has happened. I feel like, but but here's the thing. It's not 100% clear if they fled to Canada because they thought they were being killed. I mean, they were thought they were being hunted or to to flee the legal, uh, the legal, um, what's that thing? Legal consequences of their actions. Yes, they gave that press conference and all that. But the truth is, is that they had warrants out for their arrest. They had criminal history. I, I think it, it could have definitely been them uh, worried about them being killed, but also them worried about them going to jail after being uh, put on probation and given uh, chance after chance. Yeah. So I think it's, it could be both. I think that they're mentally unhealthy, but I also think that they um, they know how to survive. Like, this might be offensive, but I I, I view them as roaches. Like, they they're do they're they're scrounging they're doing anything to keep up their survival here. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy, and I think we could leave it at that. If I said that about black people, never. Oh my goodness, you just party beat a bunch of black women. Oh no, but I'm a black woman. Well, they say like, <laughs> prove it, bitch. But I, I'm only saying that because the way I feel is like they scurry to get away from the danger. But they they want to survive. They want to be here to see the world burn. They just don't want to burn themselves. <laughs> yeah. So we do like to end every episode with a positive note with some form of media we want to recommend, share, discuss, talk about. Do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'll go first and get mine out the way because it's actually funny. Um, I did not have a media. I always have medias that are in the back of my mind that I want to use for certain episodes. But um, after our conversation, I wasn't sure who you were going to choose. So I kind of wiggled back and forth. But Randy Quaid, I'll pick something that has Randy Quaid in it. Um, A movie that everybody, well, not everybody, but critics hated. And I think audience, I think, hate it because I don't think it has a good audience score either was one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies to this day. And it's called The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Now, I have no idea why I love this film so much. Maybe it's because it just came to me as a child. And since I watched it really young, it just, you know, stuck in my brain and it's whatever. Um, So Adventures of Pluto Nash came out in 2002. Has Eddie Murphy, Rosario Dawson, and Randy Quaid. And those are literally the three main people. So I used to watch Randy Quaid's bald-headed ass for a long-ass time. I used to enjoy him. He played a robot in here. But this is like a, <laughs> um, a comedy sci-fi adventure. 
Um, it literally doesn't make sense. Um, it's very much out there. And um, not the best movie, but it very much entertains me. And I always think it's funny. It's just set in this world where, you know, Earth is a trash ball. So they live on different planets and have these cool cars and everything is different. And it's like an off-brand fifth element, uh, but without the world ending to me. But yeah, that's my media. Adventures of Pluto Nash. And that has a 4% um, on Rotten Tomatoes. 4%. I told you, it does not look highly. It's and not the, looked uh, at as highly. The as audience score movie. is 19%, so not that much higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm no. sorry, but I will be skipping that movie. Uh, trust me, it's, it's not for everybody. Like I said, if I didn't get introduced to this movie as a young child, I wouldn't even like it. You know, I, I literally, when we used to live into this, when we used to live in um, one of our apartments, we used to have the biggest DVD collection. And that's how I kind of got my love of movies is that if I saw an interesting looking DVD uh, box or case, I was like, well, let's watch that. So that's how I watched like very adult movies like uh, Red Dragon, um, like uh, uh, The Virgin Suicides. Um, scary movie, which is adult in a different way. Like, because I saw something on those DVD cases and I just got interested. So I saw Eddie Murphy, who was in all one of my favorite movies, you know. I was like, let's put this bitch in. And even though I could sense it not being the best movie, tickled my fancy. <laughs> okay, well, I picked a movie for this time, too. Okay, what's your pick? My pick is the 1998 movie, The Prince of Egypt. Interesting. I really loved that movie as a kid. I, For some reason, I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot this Ooh. week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a strong reaction. There's only one song I care about, but yeah. What song is it? It's the song with the divas. Is that not the same? Is that is that is that a different movie? I don't know what you're talking when about. When you believe? Oh yeah. Don't scare me like that, because I don't even watch The Prince of Egypt, but I know that 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 song exists because of that. I think my favorite is the Plague song. The Plagues. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Like I said, don't and watch playing the movie. with the big boys. I I used to love that one as a kid, and I remember. One time my grandma came over and we were, I was always like worried about what to watch from her because she was a Jehovah Witness and she was like so religious about everything. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, we're to watch Prince of Egypt. This to be great. Moses. <laughs> like, you know, that's what it's about, about Moses. And then we got to that play with the big boys scene and she said, turn this off, this devil movie. And I said, oh my God. You thought you were saying. <laughs> but I, I really loved to it. that song now. I feel like it's a really good movie and it has no right being that good. Like it's, it like gets you surprised how good it is. Mm. And I was watching clips and was, the, the music's real good. And I, I was listening to other, like a lot of people have covered them. And I like listening to all the different covers of it, of the songs. Just a very nice movie. Maybe I have to revisit those. Or revisit I think it's, 
I think it's good. Like, you know, it starts off where all the babies being killed and they send Moses down the river. And, and that's then... when I stopped watching exactly then. See, I, I just feel like the music is so good in that movie. And that's what people say. You know, it's I, and I cannot tell you what it is, but child me, for some reason, I watched The Prince of Egypt once as well as I watched The Road to El Dorado like maybe twice. And for some reason, child Katrina did not really like those movies as much. So she didn't, I, I never revisited them like that. But I do, I love all soundtracks. Uh, all I need is a good song. So when I heard When You Believe, I was like, oh shit, we could. But I've never really watched those movies. But everybody says that those are two of their favorite animated movies. Yeah, it's real good. And if it was, <laughs> if it was up to me, I would dress like Moses all the time. Like, I just love the fashion. I have to now. I really have to watch this. <laughs> it's just like the the flowing. Have a staff. I was just thinking about it. Like, when is it appropriate to like have a staff? Like, walk around with that long stick. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. When we were in college, didn't you always want to look for a walking stick? <laughs> yes, I yes. love them. I was like, I, I was like, hold on, you <laughs> did have a thing for staffs. My dad, when I was little, he used to carve them for me, like, you know, it'd be a normal stick in the top, he'd like carve a snake head or something. Oh my gosh. Tell your dad I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> like I if it if it was socially acceptable, I might do it in like a year or two once I get enough confidence for that. I would have a staff. Mm-hmm. It it should be made out of real wood and then uh -huh. you get whatever that stuff on top of it to like preserve it. You really should get a hand carved staff and then buy me one too. Yeah, I <laughs> I just love it. I, I used to, when I was a kid I used to walk around with one all the time. That's funny. But that's my media. I had one this week and I was like, oh my god, don't forget it. <laughs> yeah, I cause I don't know what my media would have been without uh randy quaid i probably would have picked like an r&b song and listening to some some tony braxton oh my goodness i have to mention this because i'm probably gonna not mention it ever again. oh and joan osborne one of us for some reason i forgot she sung that song had to add that to my yeah. library and then yeah. i had to add cheryl pepsi riley's version because that one is a great one too so i've just been uh listen to a lot of if jesus was one of us bitches on a bus <laughs> <laughs> i've been listening to and okay usually i think i told you this but i've never said on air i'm not a huge fan of kelly clarkson i think uh -huh. she does covers of songs that lacks emotion you did say that about her i was like bitch yeah but then i heard her cover of happier than ever and I don't know, Kelly, but I just feel like that divorce did her some good because she put her soul into that song. It, it's, okay. It's, it's such, her version is, I like the Billie Eilish version, but her version is so much better. And I just feel like, you know, there's emotion there. There's the voice there. She she nailed it. I it's It's been on repeat nonstop on my phone. Oh, I gotta look that up, but I, I I still agree. No matter what, that degree that uh, divorce did great for her because I didn't trust that man. I, I don't know. What I saying. never trusted that. any man who he was her manager, so therefore he still got a cut of everything she did, but had the nerve, despite her having primary custody, 
to ask for spousal support and child support. The audacity. Didn't he did it? I think he did. That's why I knew he, he, mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't he would no good. And this is supposed to be Reba's son. Reba. Reba. I'm sorry. McIntyre. But apparently his father did the same thing to Reba. That's so it's not Reba's fault. It's not Reba's fault. It's the Faja. That's why when I heard her happier than ever version, I'm like, girl, you live through this. That's why you sing you this song right now. I got to put that on my list. I love a good emotional um, performance. Yeah, I think she blew Billie Eilish out of the water with that one. And I'm not even a big Billie Eilish fan besides, you know, the two songs I know. Oh, what are they? Mine's Bad Guy. Bad, bad, bad boy. Bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> you bad mine boy. Is, <laughs> mine is Bad Guy and um, Therefore I Am. Uh, mine's Bad Guy, Happier Than Ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in two days, mine will be happier than ever as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is everything. If you want. Oh, my goodness. No. Stop. Oh, no. Stop, cro- Stop. collaborating. Listen. I have an email I need to read. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a drill. Everybody, p- hold on to your panties. <laughs> okay, it says, "Hi, beautiful people of Savior Sorry. I'm always in- I'm always so entertained by the episodes you guys put out. I just want to share my media for the week. It's One Night by Three Dog Night. Such a wonderful, catchy song. Someone sent it to me in a sarcastic manner, and I actually ended up really loving the song. LOL. I know it's probably supposed to be a Solemn song, but it always brings me joy. Have a great weekend and a wonderful night recording. Always a fan of the pop. First of all, um, one, that, that song is the one. (laughs) 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 With context, it would make sense why I'm laughing, but uh, one by Three Dog Night is a great song. And one is the loneliest number. But that was the email we received. Um, so thank you for that. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at saveyoursorry at gmail.com. Spell just like the podcast. You can give us your media. You can give us a suggestion on who to do. Or you can just write to us. We're right back. You can reach out to our Instagram, saveyoursorry, spell just like the podcast. We give updates on episodes there. And our Twitter is Save Your Sorry, but the your is spelled you are. Thank you so Can much. Can we give and- updates over there? <laughs> <laughs> Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff that everyone says. Link in bio. Hit that notification bell. <laughs> 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 Thank you guys so much. Bye. See ya.